say hello to everybody out there who's listening. We appreciate your time. This is Brother Rick Salcedo, and I'm here with my dear friend, Pastor Mike Holmes. Hello. And we welcome you to another podcast of Red River Rising. And today we're going to talk about uh, a message that's called All Things Work for Good. Yeah, I'm excited to get into this, Rick. It's uh, it's, it's a timely message for today's age, that's for sure, isn't it? Yes, sir. Um we look around and we see all everything that's going on and we wonder, you know, why this and why that? And, and we might have a bleak outlook about the future, but we have to just trust in God that all things will work for our good. And we're going to talk about the life of Joseph. And I'm sure he had this type of experience repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, you know, he thought about, you know, my my situation looks bleak. How is my future going to be? But we'll see that God's hand was in it the whole time. Yeah, I'm excited about this because of the simple fact that sometimes this is easier said than done. And uh, we say that all the time. we got to trust in God. we got to trust in God. But today we're actually going to get into a, a real example of how this plays out and, and be able to put it into a tangible evidence of how it can happen in our lives as well. So I'm, I'm excited to get to it. Well, let me open up with the first verse. It's uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, and it reads, and we know that all things work together for good for those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. So we see here that all things will work out for the good of those um, in two categories here, uh, who love God and who are called according to his purpose. That's right. So if we, you know, if we fulfill our part of that um, agreement there, you know, if we fulfill the conditions of this promise, God will fulfill his part. Um, you know, if we love god truly and he's first and foremost in our life exactly um you know because jesus said if you love mother brother sister more than me you're not fit for the kingdom of god that's right so if god is truly first in our lives and we are called according to his purpose meaning we have submitted to his purpose for our lives we're not off using our talents for what we want to do for our personal glory you know we, we we did what paul did you know lord what will you have me to do we did what Jesus did in the garden. Lord, not my will, but yours be done. That's right. You know, if we live our lives like that, then God will fulfill his, the promise of this, um, and all things will work for our good. Yeah, and I think that's important. That last section there, I've seen it used out of context for those that are called according to his purpose. They want to say, oh, well, you've got to be selective, but that is not the case here. Everyone is called, right? And it's just about are you willing to answer the call for that? And his purpose is everybody's got a plan in their life. And we talked about that, and I think uh, – in some previous episodes as well, too. So this goes to everyone that meets those two criterias, right? Right. Amen. Yep. Yeah, and we're going to, to illustrate this and, and discuss it, we're going to look at the life of Joseph. And we're going to start off in Genesis chapter 37, verses 23 through 25. So it came to pass when Joseph had come to his brothers that they stripped Joseph of his tunic, the tunic of many colors that was on him. Then they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty. There was no water in it. And they sat down to eat a meal. Then they lifted their eyes and looked. There was a company of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead with their camels, bearing spices, balm, and myrrh on their way to carry them down to Egypt. So we see here Joseph's brothers, out of jealousy and envy and spite, um, threw him in a pit. They actually planned on murdering him. That's right. And um, Reuben didn't want to Reuben didn't like him but he didn't want to murder him he didn't want to be guilty of murder and so he went along with the ruse or he went along with the the plot 
Um, but he was planning on somehow saving Joseph's life. That's exactly right. And one of the things there that uh, I want to point out real quick, you, you hit the nail on the head, was the jealousy factor. And the underlying root of jealousy is always pride. And uh, go back to our Romans 8 here. If we're putting God first, then we're not putting ourselves first. And, and that allows us then, if we will do that, to eliminate that jealousy factor, which creates that hardship in our own lives and then, you know, gets uh, portrayed out on other people. Think about that. If these brothers weren't prideful, then they wouldn't have been jealous, and the story would have gone completely different for Joseph. Right, and if you think about it, you know, uh, pride led to jealousy, led to the intent to murder. That's right. And then, you know, when you murder, you're you're not building God's kingdom. You're not glorifying God. You're hurting other people. That's exactly right. So really, pride is a root of a lot of, of pain and suffering. That's right. Boy, do we need to get cleansed of that quite often, don't we? Yes, we do. And something else I'd like to point out in this verse is um, his brothers plotted to kill him, so they threw him in the pit. And then right at the right time, a caravan of Ishmaelites come by. No, that's coincidence. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they could have come by an hour earlier. You know, they could have been long gone by the time they threw Joseph in the pit. Yeah. You know, they could have come by three hours after Joseph was murdered, but they came by right at the exact moment where Reuben said, aha. Here's right. my way of saving Joseph and, and, you know, preventing us from murder. That's right. That's right. That's God working out all things right there, making right. things happen in a timely fashion when and where it needs to be. Exactly. Because God wasn't surprised by this plot. He knew it was going to happen, right. and he had the solution ready to go. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. That's a good lesson there. Yeah. So we see here uh, God's favor was on Joseph. He had a plan for his life. And even though his brothers attacked him and plotted to kill him, God, you know, preserved him and saved him and brought him out of that. So, so even in these bad circumstances, you know, all things worked for Joseph's good. That's right. How many times have you uh, talked with someone who gives you a testimony and they said, Oh, I should have been dead by now? Uh, you know, especially when you talk to recovering drug addicts or, you know, somebody who's, you know, lived a, a hard life of crime, uh, gang related, whatever it may be. Almost 99% of the time when you talk to them, they'll tell you, I should have been dead by now. And that same example is God has a plan for everyone's life, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and if we'll, we'll, we'll turn to him in that, boy, he will. He'll use all things for good in that way too and save you from those circumstances, even when you, you don't save yourself, you know, sometimes. But. Well, our, our very own pastor, Pastor Herbert Mays. That's right. Um, he was uh, wounded severely by a grenade in Vietnam. That's right. The doctor said he was going to die in 30 minutes. They sent his body to the morgue. That's exactly right. That's and he exactly survived. Right. That's right. Amen. What a plan he had for him, right? Right. He went on to be a missionary and then a pastor for 25, what, 25 years? That's correct. Yeah. So. And I can't tell you how many lives, including my own, my own personal life here. And uh, when we came to this church, um, you know, I didn't want to come. And, uh, but through, you know, the teaching of the pastor and the leading of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of the Holy Spirit with it, you know, another life was given over to ministry as well. So just think if things didn't work that way, if God didn't, like you said, he's not surprised by any of this. God knew exactly what was going to happen 25 years later, not with just me. There's nothing for me, but all the other people. And folks, I want, I want to make sure that you know this. You affect other people. You come in contact with other people. And, and how I'm speaking about the pastor today is how other people will speak about you. And you'll never even know that because that glory goes to God. Anyway, I just want to encourage you with that, too. That's right. All right. So we see that uh, 
things worked out for Joseph. Yep. Um, they weren't the greatest circumstances, but it's better than being dead. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, so our next verse we want to talk about is Genesis chapter 39, verses 1 through 4. And it reads, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made uh, all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Then he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. Now, there's a lot of pronouns there, so <laughs> I want right. to read part of that uh, and clarify it. And his, and his master, Potiphar, saw that the Lord was with Joseph. Um, and that the Lord made all that Joseph did to prosper um, in his hand, you know, everything that he set his hand to. So Joseph found favor in the sight of Potiphar. Mm -hmm. Then he, uh, then Potiphar made Joseph overseer of his house, and um, all that Potiphar had he put under Joseph's authority. And so we see here, so basically Joseph became the manager of Potiphar's household. That's right. And he managed all of his affairs. Um so we see here Joseph was sold into slavery, okay? And slavery is one – being a slave is one of the lowest rungs on the social ladder. Right. Okay? Absolutely. And, and not only that – so here we go. You know, we have this person that has God's favor. God has a plan for his life because when Joseph was a lad, he had these visions where he was going to be exalted. Mm -hmm. But wait a minute, you know, Lord, what's going on? I'm a slave, you know? And not only that, but – not only was he a slave, but he was the newest slave. That's right. So he had the least seniority, the least bit of clout. And, and, and it, to make matters worse, he, worse, he was a young slave. So the youngest slave usually had the worst duties. The newest slave usually had the worst duties. So he was the youngest and the newest, one of the youngest and the newest, um, at that point in time. That's right. And so things weren't looking too good for this, uh, person that had God's favor and anointing and was going to be exalted one day. Yeah, the odds were stacked against him in almost every way, wasn't it? Right, and I'm, I'm sure his faith had to be greatly tested. Yeah, Because absolutely. he was like, Lord, I had this vision. You had this plan for my life. <laughs> Look where I'm at now. Why, Lord? Sure. You know, why, Lord? Exactly why, Lord? Right. That's exactly right. And we've all been there. I know that. From personal experience, I've been there going, hey, wait a second. Hold on. This wasn't, uh, this wasn't the plan, the course of action that I thought was going to going to transpire and uh and, and sometimes you can actually start questioning not not just you know maybe where your faith lies but you question the word now and that's dangerous and that's what we're talking about today uh to make sure that we stand on these so yeah and joseph uh you know he i'm sure he questioned this but he didn't waver in faith because yep. he, he always maintained god's favor and because it, you know, it says without without faith, it's impossible to please God. Right. But yet, throughout this whole uh, passage of Joseph in the Bible, you know, God's favor was on him. God's favor was on him. God's favor was on him. So even though he may have questioned his circumstances, he didn't lose his faith. You know, and it doesn't say this, but I would I would have to to, to probably interject this in here. You know, the Bible tells us to work as if we're working for the Lord. Right. Not for man. So uh, for an over, in order for things to be prosperous in his hand, Joseph was as a slave forced to do things. But I don't believe that he did it begrudgingly. Uh, I, he may have acted that way or thought that way. I'm sorry. Excuse me with that. But obviously, if there was found that everything that he put his hand to, you know, what I'm saying prospered with that, then obviously 
Joseph was working, but working really for the Lord and not for the man here. So that's another key thing to keep in mind is to keep plugging away, even when all things seem stacked against you. Remember that whatever you're doing in this, whatever you're putting your hand to, whatever plow it is that you're pulling or pushing, that you're doing it for the Lord and not for somebody else. But other people will recognize and see God's favor on that because you are doing it for the Lord because he's number one, right? Right. And so Joseph uh, entered this household as the lowliest slave, and then God worked it out to where he became the top slave. That's right. Actually the manager of all of Potiphar's affairs. That's right. And it just wasn't by happenstance, and it just wasn't like an overnight, hey, just uh, a thought popped into my mind. You know, this is Joseph in there, and he's he's plugging away with all this. I mean, he really, he's working it. He's giving his all. Even to this, I, I have to believe that. Because I think if he wasn't, then the favor of God would not have been shown through his actions with that. Right. Now, uh, moving on to the next uh, scripture, we need to keep in mind that, you know, we we do everything we can to, to be faithful to God and to serve God and things go well. But then the furnace gets turned up seven times hotter. That's right. And that's, right. What, that's what happened to Joseph. We do know that we have a foe out there, right? I mean, right. We, we know that Satan is out there as well, so that everything that's happening, especially in this world, Satan is still, still coming against us every time, even when we're doing everything right. Right. And, and the Bible does say that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against spiritual principalities. That's right. And so, you know, I'm sure Satan was involved somehow in this, oh, in motivating people to come against Joseph. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Using people like tools. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. So in Genesis chapter 39, uh, verses 19 through 23, it says, So it was when the master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger was aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him in, into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Here we are, back into this again. So he was doing good and then got a false accusation against him and then wham, right back into it, right? Well, folks, that wraps it up for today. I'm Pastor Mike, and tune in next time for the ending of the story of Joseph and how God used all things for good. Until then, I'm Brother Mike saying God bless you, and have a great day.